I'm Farah Duro, and you're listening to the PCS Revolution Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PCS Revolution Podcast. Today, I'm here with Amy Rupp, who is a licensed acupuncture physician and a renowned women's health and wellness expert, and also is the best-selling author of the books, Chill Out and Get Healthy, Yes, You Can Get Pregnant, and Body Belief. A licensed acupuncturist and herbalist in private practice in New York, she also holds a Master of Science degree in traditional oriental medicine from the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine and a bachelor's degree in biology from Rutgers University. And I'm so happy to have you here, Amy. I'm excited to speak to one of my colleagues, too. We don't get to speak to a lot of acupuncturists sometimes on this show, and especially when so knowledgeable in women's health. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. And fun to talk shop with another acupuncturist, like you yes, said. Yes, it's exciting. And I feel like the word is finally getting out that acupuncture and Chinese medicine are beneficial for PCOS. And Oh my gosh, so beneficial. Yeah, and it's great because not only for cycle regulation, but also for having a healthy pregnancy. It's really what we focus on. It's not just getting pregnant part, but the having a healthy pregnancy as well. And as we know with PCOS, there are some roadblocks as far as preparing for pregnancy and trying to really do all that you can. So tell us a little bit about why you got into women's health and working with fertility and you know a little bit about what inspired you. Well, I've been in clinical practice now. It'll be 16 years at the end of 2019, which is crazy to think about. And I just started a general practice when I first started practicing and just was super passionate about, you know, any health condition. But what started to come to me, you know, client after client was, you know, I think mainly women were seeking out alternative medicine, especially 15, 16 years ago. And most women have hormonal issues, you know, most of their conditions stem from a hormonal issue. So it just started to be what I was treating. And I think too, from my you know, I was a scientist and a researcher before I became an acupuncturist. And so, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think I, I really like to see numbers change on a lab. And I, you know, I like these, these very tangible results. And Chinese medicine, as you know, doesn't, doesn't give us that much. You know, it's very subjective analysis and, you know, how the patient's improving on these subjective measures. And so with hormones, I could see, so say like a PCOS patient, so I could see testosterone decreasing, right? Or, you know, fertility client, I could see estrogen shifting or FSH improving or AMH improving. And, and that was very exciting to me. So as I started to learn more, you know, I had my strong Chinese medicine background and I had a Western medicine background, but then I really got into nutrition as well. And so when I started to couple all of that together, I really saw shifts in my clients and fast. And so it just, you know, it just automatically became the thing I treated rather than I didn't really seek it out. It just started coming to me. And, and then I started to get known for helping balance hormones or helping balance, you know, women preconception so they would get pregnant faster. And also like another thing from a Chinese medicine perspective, which I know you'll relate to is, you know, I had read the books on like balancing hormones from a Chinese medicine perspective. And I had taken the courses on treating PCOS or treating fertility from a Chinese medicine perspective. And one thing I noticed was that if I just solely focused on what I was taught in those classes, I wasn't getting the results I wanted, but rather if I focused on the whole picture and treated this patient very holistically the way we're trained in Chinese medicine school and looked at every single 
component, they got better and fast. And, you know, I noticed that too with like clients that would come to me for digestive issues or anxiety issues that once they tried to conceive, they got pregnant a lot faster than the girls that I was solely focused on helping them get pregnant, right? So it taught me a lot to really step back and, and really practice our medicine the way we were taught to practice it rather than compartmentalizing it like Western medicine practitioners do. So yeah, I mean, it's still my passion. I have, you know, it's tremendously rewarding to, you know, you balance someone's hormones and you really change their life and that's tremendously rewarding. Definitely. And I, I know you're in Manhattan, so you must see a little bit of older population. I mean, not old, but definitely not 25 years old seeking to get pregnant or 30. Yeah. I see, I see a whole range. You know, I do tend to get, you know, more and more women that are preparing for pregnancy because their friends have had challenges or they're coming into it really wanting to get all their ducks in a row because they don't want to be faced with challenges you know, strictly out of fear and maybe what they saw friends go through or what the media talks about all the time now. So I am seeing a, a, a downward trend in age, if you will. However, yes, I see a lot of executive type women, very strong career women that, you know, their career has come first for the last 20 years and now they're late 30s, early 40s and want to get pregnant. So I see a lot of that, which was the root of writing my book, Yes, You Can Get Pregnant, you know, because that's what I saw. And I saw that if, you know, it's the same thing, right? In Chinese medicine, we talk, if you live in accordance with the Tao, you should be able to conceive later in life, even into your late 40s. And, you know, I think we adjust that a little bit these days in age. I think 45, 46 is pretty, is still, do, still doable for a natural pregnancy if one really takes it seriously living in accordance with the Tao. But that's really what inspired Yes, You Can Get Pregnant was all these women living in fear that they had missed their boat and they didn't freeze their eggs early enough and, you know, they're never going to get pregnant. IVF is the only option or donor egg is the only option. And, you know, I really wanted to change that conversation because I think there are a lot of things we can do to and prepare at any age. I mean, no matter what, you should prepare for pregnancy. We prepare for buying a house. We prepare for our weddings. We prepare for all these other major life decisions. And yet we still think that we can just stop taking the pill and get pregnant the next month with a healthy child. Right. Now we know that's definitely not advisable either. So not at all. And more and more research comes out about high testosterone and how that's affecting pregnancy as well with women with PCOS. So I feel like that's even more of a reason why to address the hormones prior to getting pregnant, because it feels like it's just, I mean, we don't know everything and the, the, but we do know every time some, a research study comes out showing that, you know, yes, you do need to work a little bit more on, you know, balancing hormones and optimizing your health prior to getting pregnant. I don't think that there's anything that will disprove that. <laughs> so it's always a good idea. And what do you recommend? Because I know, you know, Chinese medicine, when I studied in China, it was basically like, you know, targeting a lot of women in their 20s, as far as all of the old fertility protocols of herbal medicine and that sort of thing. And I always tell our patients, well, we have to do a little bit more than just give you a herbal formula for a year and say, you know, take this for a year and come back if you're not pregnant, which is the way it has been done. We have to do a little bit you know, more since our patients are older. And so what do you feel is the first step when someone comes to you who is, let's say, you know, over the age of 35, who perhaps does have PCOS and who's looking to get pregnant within the next year? You know, I mean, I still 
individualize the case no matter what, just depending on their presentation. So if they, you know, what are their cycles like? Are they ovulating regularly? What's their BMI? Is it in a healthy range? You know, what's their lifestyle? Are they sleeping enough? Do they exercise too much or too little, right? So, I mean, I still always do, as I'm sure you do, my, you know, intensely (laughs) detailed intake to really understand the whole picture. Because as I always say, I could have a 25-year-old who's more unhealthy than a 45-year-old. You know what I mean? It, it, It doesn't matter. At least I see that. So, you know, so I really come at it, you know, with the whole, the whole system has to be looked at holistically. And, you know, I, I try to move at the pace of my client, but I agree with you when they are, you know, approaching 40 or in their 40s, I say something similar where I'm like, listen, we have to be a little more aggressive about this case and we can still do it, but these are the things. And so it's not just Chinese herbs and acupuncture, it's diet, it's lifestyle, it's supplements, it's, you know, are you meditating? What, you know, again, your exercise, your your sleep patterns, especially with PCOS, I find that sleep is so imperative and sleeping in complete darkness. New York City's super hard for that. But so everybody gets like the blackout shades and they wear the night masks and things of that nature. You know, and then I think really important, especially today's day and age, is your bath and beauty products going non toxic with them because of the endocrine disrupting chemicals. You know, foods being organic, non genetically modified, you know, all of these things like these are the extra steps we have to take because in our 20s, I think we can get away with these toxins. They haven't yet accumulated to like a mass in our bodies. But as we approach our 30s and especially our 40s, we really have to undo all that damage. And so it is a more aggressive approach. And for a minimum of like, you know, three, six, nine months, it just kind of depends on the case. Do you recommend any detox programs or anything like that? Or do you just start with detox yeah. in your house or? or yeah, for- I'll do. So I have in both body belief and in yes, you can get pregnant. I have pretty, you know, what would I say? Detailed lifestyle, you know, recommendations. So I have elimination diets and will detox bath and beauty. So I give them, you know, lists of things to avoid and lists of things to incorporate. And, you know, we tr- I try to make it easy. I have my Amy approved list of like, here's all your bath and beauty products. Like, so I make it super easy for them. These are the ones, you know, run out of what you have, switch over. Diet wise, it just depends. Like if I got a PCOS girl or an endometriosis girl, which we can say majority of women with fertility challenges probably have one or the other, I automatically put them in the autoimmune category. And so I automatically put them on my body belief diet, which is basically an autoimmune paleo. And I'll have them do, I have an 11 day, what I call the purify phase. So I prep them. They can prep for a week to two weeks, three weeks, whatever sounds, wherever they're at in their diet and slowly remove things like gluten and dairy and soy and sugar and nightshades and nuts and beans, you know, all of them. And then they go through 11 days of a purify phase, which is a very basic diet of protein, vegetables, fat, healthy carbohydrates, lots of bone broth. And then we move into the reawaken phase where we slowly reintroduce foods. But typically in that purify and the early reawaken, which we hang out in about for three weeks, they'll see dramatic shifts in their health and in their hormones and in their cycles. And we also learn through that because, I mean, as you know, certain people 
triggered by gluten and some are by dairy and some are by nuts and some are by beans. And not everybody is everything. And so we kind of have to figure out their trigger. But it's all about, you know, my, my mental approach is all about reducing inflammation physically, nutritionally, and emotionally. And, you know, coming at it from that perspective. That's so good. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's true because a lot of these tests out there, they're not the most accurate. I mean, I'd say, you know, the best way to know if you're sensitive to something is the elimination. It's the only right? way. Yeah. It's the only way. I, I asked every doctor under the sun when I was researching body belief. I, t- I talked to every functional medicine doctor that I, I know and trust and that you guys know and have heard of. And every single one of them was like, those allergy tests are bogus. They don't really ever show you anything. No one can really like outwardly state that in their, on their platform sometimes because of relationships maybe they have with companies or things of that nature, unfortunately. But the hands down surefire way to know for sure is you've got to do an elimination diet. I think Cyrex has some decent labs that you can like double check yourself with if you want, but eliminate. And you know what I find too, is that clinically when I get them to commit to the elimination diet, A, they feel so empowered because they're doing something really good for themselves. And B, they, they see the change in their body. And then when they deviate or quote unquote cheat, which I don't really like that word, but that's the word they'll use, they feel it. And that's like, it, it's a game changer for them. They're like, oh my God, I had gluten. I had pizza yesterday. I could get, barely get out of bed. And then I had diarrhea for half the day. And I, oh my gosh, and I got a pimple. You know, and you're like, okay, see, there's your answer. And I'm not an extremist in the sense of like, like I might sound extreme right now, but that's the, you know, the first three, four weeks is kind of what I do with my client. But then I say, okay, listen, we've learned what works for your body and what doesn't. Now, everything in moderation, ideally 90% of the time you're following this kind of diet, but you're allowed to have deviations here and there and they shouldn't completely set you back. And I know other people maybe disagree with that, but I do think we also have to make this livable, right? And we If I'm talking about reducing emotional inflammation, I don't want to add to emotional inflammation while all of a sudden they start hating their diet and hating (laughs) hating the things they have to do to balance their hormones, right? So to try to get people to enjoy the lifestyle, but then also know like, okay, on Fridays, I get to go out to dinner with my partner and I can eat whatever I want, you know? And typically what you see is they start to do it less because they notice the impact of the, the foods on them, right? But, you know, I do think you, you have to, especially like, even if I got a 25 year old with PCOS, I'd, I'd also recommend her be su- super aggressive because the sooner you get to manage it, the better. And PCOS has some serious implications, if not well managed. I mean, you're going to wind up with, you know, I mean, there's argument now that it is an autoimmune condition. You're definitely going to wind up with more autoimmunity. You're probably going to wind up with diabetes. You know, you're, if, you, and if you don't manage it, you're going to wind up with gestational diabetes. Once you get pregnant, you might have miscarriages like you know, and I don't mean to sound doomsday, but like it is a serious condition that has, you know, systemic impacts. This isn't just about fertility and hormones and a regular cycle. This is a systemic issue. And so is endometriosis, right? I work with, you know, a well-known autoimmune fertility doctor. And he always says to me, you know, you manage the autoimmunity with diet and lifestyle. I'll help get them pregnant. But, you know, what, how he sees my work is for long-term health. Like if we're going to get these women pregnant, we want them to be able to be playing with their children in 15 years, right? You know, and so I always joke that my job really isn't to help you get pregnant. My job is to get you into the healthiest version of yourself so that you can have a healthy pregnancy and bring that child into a healthy home and then live a healthy life with that child. You know, I, I don't think that concept is completely caught on to the population 
it's really just like, I want that positive pregnancy test and I don't care about anything else, you know? Yeah, it's so true. It is so good. And I hope that all of you listening right now know that, and I know that you do know, but we do have patients that we come in contact with quite a bit who will say, I got pregnant naturally. And so I'm good, right? My doctor doesn't think that my PCOS is an issue. And it's like, it is an issue because we can measure your inflammation. We can see it right here. You're pre-diabetic. There are changes we have to make. And yes, you can get pregnant with PCOS naturally. We see that all the time, but that is half the battle. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's a good point to touch upon. It's like, it, it can happen. And listen, even if you ovulate on day 40, you could still get pregnant. I feel like that's something PCOS girls know. Like I have PCOS girls that'll have like a hundred day cycle and I get them down to a 50 day cycle. So they're still ovulating on day 34, 36. And guess what? They can still get pregnant. You know, we've made enough of an impact, right? So it's not about getting to this perfect 28 day cycle, which, you know, you and I know doesn't really exist. I mean, everybody, (laughs) everybody fluctuates from there. It's really just about, you know, getting the body back into balance. But yeah, you know, PCOS, especially, I mean, and an endometriosis as well. Inflammation is key to manage before you get pregnant because there is a lot of research as well that shows the higher amounts of inflammation in your body when you do get pregnant impacts the health of your child and their likelihood of of issues down the road, you know? So this is not just about you, it's about your children and it's about your children's children. So you you really, you know, I think that's that's where to me the emotional piece comes in of like how in your power are you to think about motherhood from this grander perspective that this is not just the short-term goal like this is impacting your family for generations and so to take it quite seriously uh yes and i I read this amazing book on introverts i wish i could remember the name of it but it actually talks about you know the whole (laughs) the whole thing about breaking the pattern in your family emotionally as well and certain certain times I find that people I know or that sort of thing that have PCOS do have that quality as well of kind of pattern interruption. So they're deciding, you know what, it stops with me. You know, like in my case, my father was diabetic or he is diabetic. And, you know, I made a conscious effort when I found out I had PCOS to really exercise and eat well. And even if I didn't want to, and I still don't want to sometimes, (laughs) I still want to have something, you know, that's it. You know, and I think, but I think that did too of like breaking that pattern in a compassionate, forgiving type of way, right? You know, we can approach it like food becomes the enemy or we can approach it like food becomes, you know, or these lifestyle choices as well become the way to support and nourish ourselves and to just, you know, it's like that being easy on ourselves too. Because if we do think about that autoimmune component, and I talk about this a lot in body belief you know, and you'll understand this from a Chinese medicine perspective. So autoimmunity is when the body begins attacking itself for unknown reasons and creates antibodies. And there's research that shows in PCOS patients, we have an antibody to the granatotropin releasing hormone receptor in the body, which is actually, they think maybe at the root of then the granatotropin releasing hormone goes berserk, creates, overcreates testosterone, and and there you have this metabolic issue. Motherhood from this grander perspective, that this is not just the short-term goal, like this is impacting your family for generations. And so to take it quite seriously. Uh, Yes. And I I read this amazing book on introverts. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it actually talks about, you know, the (laughs) the whole thing about breaking the pattern in your family emotionally as well. And certain 
certain times I find that people I know or that sort of thing that have PCOS do have that quality as well of kind of pattern interruption. So they're deciding, you know what, it stops with me. You know, like in my case, my father was diabetic or he is diabetic. And, you know, I made a conscious effort when I found out I had PCOS to really exercise and eat well. And even if I didn't want to, and I still don't want to sometimes, (laughs) I still want to have something, you know, that's it. You know, and I think, but I think that's it too of like breaking that pattern in a compassionate, forgiving type of way, right? You know, we can approach it like food becomes the enemy or we can approach it like food becomes, you know, or these lifestyle choices as well become the way to support and nourish ourselves and to just, you know, it's like that being easy on ourselves too. Because if we do think about that autoimmune component, and I talk about this a lot in body belief, you know, and you'll understand this from a Chinese medicine perspective. So autoimmunity is when the body begins attacking itself for unknown reasons and creates antibodies. And there's research that shows in PCOS patients, we have an antibody to the granatotropin releasing hormone receptor in the body, which is actually, they think maybe at the root of then the gonadotropin releasing hormone goes berserk, creates, overcreates testosterone, and, and you, there you have this metabolic issue, right? But to take it back one step further from like a spiritual, esoteric, emotional perspective, if the body is attacking itself on a physical level, I, I really strongly ask you, where are you attacking yourself on an emotional level? And, we, and so it's like emotional inflammation is just as important as regulating as physical inflammation. And that's part of that family story that you want to shift to, right? Because our parents mean the best and we, we, you know, I try to approach life that everybody's doing the best they can from their level of consciousness and, and no harm was intended, but we can unlearn those patterns too, right? You know, that there's, that there's this level of, you know, maybe trauma or healing that they were going through and then they're going to pass that on to us and we're going to be able to heal even more than they healed in their lifetime. And then we pass that on to our children. And, you know, I do think that perspective is, is a really important one to, to contemplate and look at. I, I posted something on Instagram the other day about, it, you know, almost like that transgenerational thing. If we can pass down traumas, can we, we can pass down healing. You know, like we, we can motherhood from this grander perspective that this is not just the short-term goal. Like this is impacting your family for generations. And so to take it quite seriously. Uh, Yes. And I I read this amazing book on introverts. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it actually talks about you know, it's the whole, I, the whole thing about breaking the pattern in your family emotionally as well. And certain, certain times I find that people I know, or that sort of thing that have PCOS do have that quality as well of kind of pattern interruption. So they're deciding, you know what, it stops with me, you yes. know, like in my yes. case, my father was diabetic or he is diabetic. And, you know, i made a conscious effort when I found out I had PCOS to really exercise and eat well. And even if I didn't want to, and I still don't want to sometimes, <laughs> I still want yeah. to have something, you know. Well, that's it. You know, and I think, but I think that's it too of like breaking that pattern in a compassionate, forgiving type of way, right? You know, we can approach it like food becomes the enemy or we can approach it like food becomes, you know, or these lifestyle choices as well become the way to support and nourish ourselves and to just, you know, it's like that being easy on ourselves too. Because if we do think about that autoimmune component, and I talk about this a lot in body belief, you know, and you'll understand this from a Chinese medicine perspective. So autoimmunity is when the body begins attacking itself for unknown reasons and creates antibodies. And there's research that shows 
in PCOS patients, we have an antibody to the gonadotropin-releasing hormone receptor in the body, which is actually, they think maybe at the root of then the gonadotropin-releasing hormone goes berserk, creates, overcreates testosterone, and, and you, there you have this metabolic issue, right? But to take it back one step further from like a spiritual, esoteric, emotional perspective, if the body is attacking itself on a physical level, I, I really strongly ask you, where are you attacking yourself on an emotional level? And, we, and so it's like emotional inflammation is just as important as regulating as physical inflammation. And that's part of that family story that you want to shift to, right? Because our parents mean the best and we, we, you know, I try to approach life that everybody's doing the best they can from their level of consciousness and, and no harm was intended, but we can unlearn those patterns too, right? You know, that there's, that there's this level of, you know, maybe trauma or healing that they were going through and then they're going to pass that on to us and we're going to be able to heal even more than they healed in their lifetime. And then we pass that on to our children. And, you know, I do think that perspective is, is a really important one to, to contemplate and look at. I, I posted something on Instagram the other day about, it, you know, almost like that transgenerational thing. If we can pass down traumas, can we, we can pass down healing. You know, like we, we, can, we can do that. It's, it's one and the same. We're just another side of the coin, right? Definitely. Motherhood from this grander perspective that this is not just the short-term goal. Like this is impacting your family for generations. And so to take it quite seriously. Uh, yes. And I, I read this amazing book on introverts. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it actually talks about, you know, it's the whole, I, <laughs> the whole thing about breaking the pattern in your family emotionally as well. And certain Certain times I find that people I know or that sort of thing that have PCOS do have that quality as well of kind of pattern interruption. So they're deciding, you know what, it stops with me. You know, like in my case, my father was diabetic or he is diabetic. And, you know, I made a conscious effort when I found out I had PCOS to really exercise and eat well. And even if I didn't want to, and I still don't want to sometimes, (laughs) I still want to have something, you know. That's it. You know, and I think, but I think that did too of like breaking that pattern in a compassionate, forgiving type of way, right? You know, we can approach it like food becomes the enemy or we can approach it like food becomes, you know, or these lifestyle choices as well become the way to support and nourish ourselves and to just, you know, it's like that being easy on ourselves too. Because if we do think about that autoimmune component, and I talk about this a lot in body belief you know, and you'll understand this from a Chinese medicine perspective. So autoimmunity is when the body begins attacking itself for unknown reasons and creates antibodies. And there's research that shows in PCOS patients, we have an antibody to the gonadotropin-releasing hormone receptor in the body, which is actually, they think maybe at the root of then the gonadotropin-releasing hormone goes berserk, creates, overcreates testosterone, and and there you have this metabolic issue, right? But to take it back one step further from like a spiritual, esoteric, emotional perspective, if the body is attacking itself on a physical level, I, I really strongly ask you, where are you attacking yourself on an emotional level? And, we, and so it's like emotional inflammation is just as important as regulating as physical inflammation. And that's part of that family story that you want to shift to, right? Because our parents mean the best and we, we, you know, I try to approach life that everybody's doing the best they can from their level of consciousness and, and no harm was intended, but we can unlearn those patterns too, right? You know, that there's, that there's this level of, you know, maybe trauma or healing that they were going through and then they're going to pass that on to us and we're going to be able to heal even more than they healed in their lifetime. And then we pass that on to our children. 
And, you know, I do think that perspective is, is a really important one to, to contemplate and look at. I, I posted something on Instagram the other day about, it, you know, almost like that transgenerational thing. If we can pass down traumas, can we, we can pass down healing, you know, like we, we can, we can do that. It's, it's one and the same, which just another side of the coin, right? Definitely. Motherhood from this grander perspective that this is not just the short-term goal, like this is impacting your family for generations. And so to take it quite seriously. Uh, yes. And I, I read this amazing book on introverts. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it actually talks about, you know, the whole, I, <laughs> the whole thing about breaking the pattern in your family emotionally as well. And certain Certain times I find that people I know or that sort of thing that have PCOS do have that quality as well of kind of pattern interruption. So they're deciding, you know what, it stops with me. You know, like in my case, my father was diabetic or he is diabetic. And, you know, I made a conscious effort when I found out I had PCOS to really exercise and eat well. And even if I didn't want to, and I still don't want to sometimes, (laughs) I still want to have something, you know. That's it. You know, and I think, but I think that's it too of like breaking that pattern in a compassionate, forgiving type of way, right? You know, we can approach it like food becomes the enemy or we can approach it like food becomes, you know, or these lifestyle choices as well become the way to support and nourish ourselves and to just, you know, it's like that being easy on ourselves too. Because if we do think about that autoimmune component, and I talk about this a lot in body belief you know, and you'll understand this from a Chinese medicine perspective. So autoimmunity is when the body begins attacking itself for unknown reasons and creates antibodies. And there's research that 